right, welcome back to the latest and the greatest of the Blue Brothers Sportscast. Real talk, real fans, we bring you Michigan football each and every week. I'm Caleb, and with me as always is Craig, and it is August, and it's coming. It's yep. coming, and it's going to be coming to your city, as whatever the song was, and I think they changed it again this year, but... uh Lo and behold, not too surprising to anybody, really, because I, I I don't think anyone's really going to argue that it's probably going to be the biggest matchup on the opening weekend of football. But college game day is going to be there for the Michigan and Notre Dame game the opening weekend. So uh, didn't they get the, a new song for it, I think? Yeah, they probably changed some things around, so... Yeah, trying to be more in with the with the the youth the youths of today. Youths. Yeah. I don't I don't know. I can't recognize anything with them anyway, so uh, I'm old man. You know that. Oh, yeah. Getting up there. Yeah. We I think we've established that on Twitter. So but you know what? You know why you can tell that you're getting at that age where you know, I went to a wedding this weekend and the dance floor they had all these songs and they're playing and all the kids are up there and all the old people are just sitting around going, I have no clue what they're saying. I don't know the song whatsoever. That's, that's when you, when you don't know what to do, you just go up there and you just dab. Right. And you know, and then I have this, you know, and I notice when I, you know, I tell my wife, I go, am I supposed to like start dancing before I get up there or do I like get up there and then start dancing? Um, Fake it until you make it. Yeah. She goes, I think you kind of start get, I think you start get going before you get up there. And I go, really? You know, what if you can't walk and dance, you know, and, and move very well? Then Maybe then you, you, you get up there and you just say, okay, proceed. <laughs> then you don't belong. Right. Yeah. I you mean, don't make the cut. Right. Right. So, yeah, that was a scary night, but, you know. Now, um, with as far as college game day goes, do you, do you watch that anymore? Do you, I, I know that's kind of been a, a topic for people. Like, do you or do you not watch college game day anymore? Um, you no, know, that's a good question. We get back to college game day, but you know, there's some good things about it. You know what I do? <laughs> you know what I do get a kick out of is. There's always like a fan in the background that always throws up like a real absurd or obscene sign. (laughs) (laughs) And and then they got to take it away or it's got something like really, really bad. So, (laughs) oh, yeah. And, you know, that's going to happen this year, especially with the situation going on in Ohio. So, oh, yeah. Yeah, exactly. So, well, and I think one of the worst ones I saw, I just couldn't believe it was uh, I think they had Aaron Andrews up there talking. And then some guy in the back, as soon as she started talking, you know, she's a very pretty lady. And some guy in the background had a sign up and had nothing to do with her, but it just had a sign of some male genitalia. (laughs) Was that last year? Yeah, it was like, I don't know, it was quite a while ago, but it was... It just happened to be right, the camera focused right on her, and this guy had the sign right by her. And I was just like, it's a horrible image to have 
with you right her right there i felt so bad for her she didn't even know about it <laughs> oh yeah no there's there I, that's like the goal every time there's college game day somebody tries to slip something yeah on camera in there so but you know i like the you know analysis of what you know some of the players some of the stories you know it can get a little bit long um but uh i, I don't mind it depends on who's playing you can tell it sometimes they got certain teams they're really, really going to be boring to watch the play, but they try to hype it up anyway. So, yeah, I, uh, I don't really watch it anymore. I honestly last year probably listened to it on ESPN Radio more than I actually watched it. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just, and this is going to go back to. Uh, my personal preference kind of thing. And I swear it's kind of easy to tell, but it's just like they talk about the SEC games so much. And it's just like, okay, highlight as many of the big games as possible, but it's just like, you know, evenly distribute it. Usually, of course, when Michigan's highlighted, I'll probably watch it because they do more coverage, obviously, on Michigan than during those times. And it's interesting to see what they'll say. But Mm -hmm. overall, I just kind of feel like, I don't know. Not not necessarily going out there and saying that there's a conspiracy, but just like they put certain certain games, like you're saying, more than others, and then some of it's kind of drawn out. And I don't know. I I just would like to wake up, watch it, learn something about maybe some other games, get interested in something else, and then watch college football all day. But it's not. I don't know what it. I can't really say entirely what it is. It's not what it used to be. Yeah, I agree. I'm not sure if I can really pinpoint what it is. You know, I think, you know, there's times where there might be a little bit of bias going on, and I can understand that. But, uh, but yeah, I, uh, you know, the Lee Corso putting on the thing that seems like it's been overplayed now. You know what I mean? Like, they keep, you know, he gets the, the, gun in his hand and he shoots off the rifle uh i think the you know and the funny thing is there's always there's always times you're gonna catch something like when lee corso actually used the (laughs) f-bomb in one of his thing when something went off i think he shot the gun and he said the f-word and i just went whoa nobody caught that and then he had to apologize on the next commercial break (laughs) so that was quite interesting yeah That's his shtick, though, so I don't know. I'm not sure. It is kind of one of those things that's been uh, a long time going, and so I don't know. I'm not sure. Maybe they've just oversaturated. But You know, one thing I don't like is, and this is me, I don't like any shows that do this. I don't like Game Day does it. I don't like any of the other shows that do it is when they do their reporting or they're talking about sports and they got a crowd behind them, you know? Oh, really? Yeah, I don't like that. I mean, I like I told you before, maybe I, I like the signs, but I don't like the crowd because you start focusing on what people are doing with their faces and what they're doing than they are listening, and it's just distracting to me. Yeah. I, um, I mean, I, that's one thing that I don't think they should take away. I mean, they could do the segments where they don't have the crowd behind them, maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe they just do the filming in a specific way so that you don't see the crowd. So you don't get right. that stuff where people try to yeah. s- slip yeah. things in on camera, but you got to have the crowd element because I mean, that's when college game day comes to town. That's, that's what you got to do. You know, I mean, right. you got to be there 
early in the morning. You got to try to get on camera and all that thing. So, and then they have the celebrity on there that kind of comes in and, you know, kind of makes their announcement on what games that they think. And of course they're going to pick their team to win. Yeah. Those can be kind of interesting depending on who they get, but who knows? Maybe this year will be different. We'll see. But uh, college game day featuring Notre Dame, Michigan to kick off the season. No surprise there. Probably actually a decent chance that Michigan will be uh, in there a couple times throughout the year, potentially. Right. So we shall see. Um, but other news for Michigan football is that ESPN released a top 50 players mm-hmm. um, to watch for or the top 50 players going into the 2018 season. And uh, Craig, I think you probably read this article more than I did today. What's uh, what's the situation for Michigan with this? Well, it's just a rundown of um, some of the top players in Michigan and obviously top 50. Michigan's got four of them and I don't think it's any surprise that Rashawn Gary's in the top 10. So, in fact, I think Mel Kuyper has him at number three, but they have uh, ESPN has him at eight. So that's not surprising because I think uh, you and I agree. I think Rashawn Gary's really going to come into his own, and uh, he's got all the tangibles to be in that top uh, 10 um, up there. So, And then, obviously, at number 22 is uh, Devin Bush, a linebacker, and I think Mel Kuyper has him as the number one underclassman to be at that position. So, and, you know, you and I know just talking about Devin Bush and what he did last year was just uh, they couldn't stop him, and he was just killing on the corner, and so, yeah, he was really, really good. And then, of course, number 25. And this one's in a little bit of an interesting. Number 25, they have Shea Patterson at quarterback. And, you know, I'm not saying it's wrong. I'm not saying it's right. I just think it's you don't know because we're not sure. It's kind of like you're going with I don't knows here, just especially with Michigan. You know, he's coming into somewhat of a new system and playing with new receivers and things like that. Um, so, I'm a little, but Shea Patterson at number 25, and then of course Chase Winovich at 46, defensive end Chase Winovich at 46. I, you know what? I'd put uh, Chase Winovich a little bit higher because um, you know he he had a really superb season last year, and for him to come back, um, he's going to put a lot of pressure on um, quarterbacks. But uh, yeah. There's your list. I mean, it's pretty amazing to see some of these players, but uh, I think number one is Houston uh, defensive tackle Ed Oliver, number one. So, Yeah, uh, I got what you were saying with uh, Shea Patterson where it's just kind of an unknown, and it's kind of interesting that he would be that high with being an unknown factor since he yeah. had no participation whatsoever with Michigan last year. But mm-hmm. here is the thing that I want to point out because essentially, yeah, you know, maybe remove Shea Patterson because he didn't right. play with Michigan last year. Right. But you don't have – I mean, this just goes to show you how rough things were for Michigan last year, that they have three defensive players <laughs> yeah. and no offensive players from the right. team last year. Yeah, no Higdon, no – even your best guys last year. I mean, yeah, that's a good point, bringing up the offense, how the offense struggled last year. Yeah, just – Terribly. Yeah, not not good, not good. No. 
So yeah. that's that's rough. Um, the Big Ten did have, uh, hold on, 11? Mm, yeah. Yes, 11 Big Ten players uh, made this top 50 list. Um, so that's over, uh, or not quite, uh, that's over a fifth of the list was Big Ten players. And then four out of the 11 were Michigan players. So looking pretty good for Michigan. Michigan's got, I mean, I don't think anyone's going to deny that Michigan's got a talented team, uh, specifically on the defensive side, as we've talked to and alluded to for a long time now. So here's to hoping that things have improved and progressed with the offensive side of the ball. And everybody can speculate, everybody can say what they want, but until that first game, the first weekend, we nobody can say for sure. And then even then, as we saw last year, mm-hmm. f- first games don't always mean everything. So, right. Right. Yeah, it's it's gonna it, it's gonna have to watch it throughout the whole season. So, which everybody's gonna be or everybody's getting excited for anyway. So, um, but talking about quarterbacks, as we were just talking about Shea Patterson, something that I wanted to kind of bring up, just because it's interesting to think or discuss, because we've talked about. Uh, we've reacted to the way different players have done some things this past year uh, in 2017 and then during the 2018 offseason. Mm-hmm. Um, so I saw this, and I wanted to bring it up, and I'm probably going to read a little bit of this because I'm actually really interested in this because I read some stuff um, on Twitter, and it did not give proper context. Okay. So uh, I'm not sure exactly how much you knew or were – how much knowledge you had on this subject, but Jalen hurts for, um, Alabama, Nick Saban is going, uh, through to have to figure out who's going to be the starting quarterback and everything. And nothing's been finalized, but, uh, Nick Saban, uh, there's an article, well, several articles out, but I'm specifically looking at the ESPN one and Nick Saban's known for keeping a tight lid on things. Mm-hmm. Right. <clears throat> and so, um, Practice is back up and going. The media has had an opportunity to talk to some of the players, and so Jalen Hurts is uh, finally kind of able to give his side of the story. And let's see here. Um, So essentially the staff has been kind of crafting, uh, as this article says, crafting the narrative for what's going on with the team and what's going on with the quarterback situation. Um, And... What if you hadn't heard? Apparently, it was saying that Jalen Hurts uh, will was expecting to transfer if he didn't win the starting job for Alabama. Right, and it was uh, they were saying it was emphasized and re-emphasized, um, and so every you know everybody was believing it to be what it was. Um, but Jalen Hurts himself never came out and like was reported saying those things. That was just the information coming out of Alabama. Um, so Hertz, when he talks to the media says, uh, the funniest thing about it is that he's never said anything, but that's what the media was reporting. So, Mm. or that's what Alabama was reporting to the media. So, uh, I want to get the quote here. Uh, he actually even, uh, information actually came out where he told staff and potentially, Nick Saban specifically that he was going to be staying to 
finish his degree, which wouldn't be done until December. So he wouldn't be transferring. Um, right. right. But that yep. was the message that was going out. And uh, he he referenced it as the elephant in the room. And this this is what he's quoted on saying. No one came up to me the whole spring, coaches included. No one asked me how I felt. No one asked me what was on my mind. No one asked me how I felt about the things that were going on. Nobody asked me what my future held. Mm-hmm. So, see, I saw that quote. Like, that quote right there was all I saw in some of the things going on social media. So, my initial reaction was kind of like, okay, this dude's competing for a starting job, and he's worried about what people are thinking about how he feels. And I'm like, okay, dude, you just need to, you know, lace up your sh- cleats, get on the field, and, you know, do your job. Right. But with this article and other things have come out in the past few days that I've read more into it, it makes more sense of what he's saying because essentially somebody's writing a script for him that or writing essentially they're kind of quoting him. And again, I'm essentially this is what Alabama football is saying about the situation to the media. But Jalen Hurts hasn't said it. Right. Right. So my reaction would kind of be like, how would you feel if this was a situation at Michigan? Like I said, my initial reaction was, dude, just suck it up and do your job. And then if you win the starting position, you win the starting position. But Mm -hmm. this is diving deeper into it where there's essentially kind of like a false story uh, or false information or inaccurate information. How exactly it happened, I don't know that uh, Jalen Hurts, like I said, was going to transfer if he didn't get the starting position. You're right. So thoughts, reactions, kind of like an interesting thing, especially since we've talked about different conversation quarterbacks have had in the past, like, six months. Well, and, yeah, and Jalen Hurts' dad usually is the one that's always speaking out um, about his son. So, you know, talking about, you know, his son, how great he is. And he's an excellent quarterback, so – he isn't wrong there, but uh, usually Jalen Hurst's dad is the one that's kind of the more out there voice, um, you know, really in people's faces saying, hey, my son deserves a start and all this stuff. So, but then now you, like you said, Jalen Hurst breaks the silence. Um, you know, when I looked at this, you know, it to me, you know, he's a good kid because the very fact is you have to remember is he got upstaged by at the very end of that game in overtime by Tua. We can, you know, do a real long strike to win it in overtime. But, um, and seemed to me that during that game, two out was out playing them and they had needed somebody like that to get that ball downfield. So, um, to me, it sounds to me like, uh, two things are happening. Either Saban and the staff sold him, sold him a bill of goods and said, Hey, yeah, don't transfer. I need you to, uh, you're gonna, you're doing great. We think that you're going to be the starter. Um, or they lied to him and flat out knew Tua would probably be the starter. And and now you're starting to see that frustration happening. And so to me, I think he should have uh, transferred, but he didn't. Um, uh, but yeah, I can't imagine, you know, seeing something like this at Michigan, the frustration behind that, it would make me question whether or not the staff for Michigan was being uh, honest with them during this whole thing or stringing them along, stringing the dad along and something like this. Um, 
you know, this is a tough subject, man. <laughs> because if what you do is, let's say, you get a, a quarterback comes in and upstage, let's say, Shea Patterson comes in and upstages uh, Wilton Spate and does better. Yeah, the usually what happens is the fans and the crowd wants that player that won the game to start. And so that's what seems to be happening with Alabama. I'm not sure Jalen Hurst fits Alabama, just like I think uh, somebody like, um, let's say, Devin Gardner fits uh, Michigan. I, I never thought that he would he fits Michigan very well. Um, Jalen Hurst, I don't think, fits Alabama too well. He's more of a spread guy. Um, he's got great feet. He's a good running. He's actually a good running back, and he's a pretty decent thrower. So, um, but yeah, it, it's a tough situation for Saban, and I'm not sure Michigan, if they were under something like that, uh, what we would do. But uh, I would say, hmm, you know, that maybe if this was Harbaugh and their staff, that they're stringing him along so he doesn't transfer to another team. You know, maybe they're saying, hey. We don't want you to transfer to uh, an opposing a rival team or somebody like that because they know how good he is. So, but uh, I don't know, man. I, I I like the kid, but you know, those are my two sons. I just think, yeah, you know, Michigan had that under their. If they were going through that, it'd be really tough. Yeah, my thought exactly was that it'd be concerning if there was that big of a difference between what was coming out of said school, like let's say if this was happening at Michigan and then the quarterback had a completely different perspective um, because there's obviously a communication breakdown, whether it's deliberate or not. Mm -hmm. Um, Because as he was saying, nobody really talked to him about it. Right. So maybe there was just some kind of side conversation at some point or some rumor going around and they latched onto it and they said, I don't know. It's it, it would be concerning if, if it was coming out of Michigan, I'd be concerned because it's just like, okay, look, if you don't even really know what's going on with your own player, that's, you know, one of your star players, even if he's a quarterback, but not the starting quarterback, he's still a star player. That's, that's not good. Right. Cause right. then if, cause then if that's a problem, you don't know what other communication issues are. A problem. Mm-hmm. Do you um, think it's being quiet with him? I mean, strung him along by like avoiding him. Like if he's walking down the hallway, you're like, you know, walking the other way or going to a to a different room. I mean, it sounds to me like nobody's talking to him. Like Jalen's walking up and saying, "Hey, what's going on? Am I the starter?" And them going, "Well, we'll see." <laughs> it's just avoiding him for months and months after the game. I. I really don't know. I'm not sure. Yeah, it's weird. It's kind of. Uh, I kind of feel like it might be one of those things where, you know, they're going through practice and maybe something happened last year where yeah. they had a discussion before this time about, okay, this is what's going to be going on with the starting position, and this year they just didn't have that conversation. Right. So I don't know. It is a question if it's deliberate or not. If it's deliberate, that makes it seem even worse, of course. <laughs> You know, if they're trying to just avoid talking to a player. But I don't know. Just kind of interesting because we've talked about uh, things with yeah, what our quarterbacks have said, what some of the players have said, and things like that at Michigan. So in a situation like this, now, of course, you know, this is Alabama. So, I mean, you know, someone, I don't know, I don't necessarily want to say steps on line, but if something doesn't work out with somebody, they've got somebody walking right behind them and take their spot. Well, that's a good 
that's a great point you made is, you know, what if, what if they're saying they're doing, they're saying as much as they can to him so he doesn't transfer because what if Tua gets hurt? You know, do they yeah. want that guy, you know, <laughs> you got two good quarterbacks and you want that one guy that can fill in pretty easily. And that's what, what happened in the championship game. You had two quarterbacks that came in, both different, both very good at what they do and both different, have different styles and it seemed to win it for Mich- uh, for Alabama. Yeah, but it doesn't seem like uh, he had any intention of transferring, though. So, because right. he was even saying that at one point, he stated that he was going to be finishing his degree. Right. So, unless he's not sharing everything that he said, um, either somebody completely botched um, the communication on the coaching staff side, Right. And messed it up, or they deliberately were not addressing the situation. So, yeah, I mean, of course, this is this isn't like groundbreaking. Like, oh my gosh, what's happening in Alabama? This is going to be so bad. It's just kind of one of those things where it's just like with other schools, like I said, with Michigan, yeah. especially where you don't have at every position where you would say, oh, if something doesn't work out with this player, if this player decides to leave, you know, we're we're going to just be able to replace them. But right. at Alabama, they can do that. Actually, what that will do real quick, and uh, you can jump back in and say something about the Jalen Hurst thing if you want to, but that just made me think and re- uh, remember a topic that I wanted to cover before we get to kind of like the end of the episode conversation. Um, Tyrone Wheatley. Mm, yeah. Yeah, we didn't bring that up in uh, conversation on what we were going to talk about today. What uh, I have yet to hear what your thoughts are on that situation. Um, well, obviously you and I know that, you know, he's had some injury problems. So, but, um, in the when when that happens, it seems like he, if you look at the depth chart, he started dropping down, you know, and I realized that when you got a guy like him, who's great player, he's big and strong at the tight end. And it just seems like when you can't beat out the ones that we got like Gentry and, McKeon, and then you got uh, even Eubanks, and you're down below him. Then something's wrong, you know. And you're in your what was he in his second, third year here at Michigan, and you're just not going to get anywhere. So, yeah, I think the writing was on the wall. I think he knew it, and uh, it was best for them to transfer. So, you know, we wish him luck because I know his dad was here too and he coached. Um, but uh, you know, the Wheatleys have a lot of Michigan. Uh, ties here you know one of the best his dad being the one of the best running backs in michigan history so um but uh yeah we wish him luck um i think the last thing thing i saw was him he was going to stony brook but uh you know i it, that's what happens i mean there's players that seem to make you cream walker leave uh crawford leave too they all transferred so it happens this is football um Am I surprised? No, not at all. <laughs> no. I was just a little bit surprised about how abrupt it was. Oh, yeah. Um, you mean time yeah. like um, yeah, the day before what? camp. And, yeah. yeah, as you said, you know, we we I think everybody as a Michigan fan was hopeful for him and, you know, his potential, especially with his dad's relationship to the program and everything. But, yeah, I, and to just echo, as you said, you know, it did – show for you know i mean he was dropping down the depth chart 
Um, you know, they always want to play the best performing player and players and everything. So yeah, it was just kind of one of those things that was you could, you could see it coming, but it that when it happened and how it happened was pretty quick. Yeah, and you saw it from the I believe the rosters were released. Um, I think, and he wasn't on it. So I think there was a little thing discrepancy with that, or you saw Wheatley wasn't even, I think it was listed at the third or fourth position. So, and that's, that, that tells a lot. And then I think, I believe the next day he announced that he was, uh, transferring. So, yeah, it was the day before camp was going to start. So, yeah, yeah, that, that was the, some of the timeline that was just a little bit surprising with that. So, yes, but exactly, absolutely, like you said, wish him the best. I uh, hope everything goes well for him. Um, going to shoot, what, Stone, Stony Brook? Yeah, I thought the last thing I saw. Okay. I was trying to look for it to confirm, but that's the last I heard. So, um, but, yeah, th- that that will happen with uh, depth chart changes and things like that so um all right well now to move on to the what we're gonna do is we're gonna move on to voicemails because i'm pretty sure i haven't listened to these two voicemails but i think they both address the same topic and so what we're gonna go ahead and do is listen to those voicemails and then um and then kind of go into our closing topic so let me bring this up here so that the voicemails can be our transition piece into this next topic if Google Voice wants to cooperate or not today there we go alright so two voicemails two different calls here here we go hello fine gentlemen this is uh, good old Jim P again from SEC land Western Kentucky University land of Bowling Green, Kentucky. For those who are listening and they like my opinionated rants, uh, the Jim P. L9 on Twitter. So now, correct me if I'm wrong, but now Urban is, is saying that he knew of the domestic violence, which is a stipulation in his contract of termination, according to the Title, title IX Act. Um, his wife, same, because she's an employee of Ohio State, plus a licensed RN, and she's bound by law to report domestic violence. So I guess the question here is, did they, and some of this is at me asking questions and not being opinionated, but did they? Did she report it? And as in the case of, like, like um, the other Ohio State players who have been pulled over by the cops and let go, because of who they are and kept out of jail and sucked under the rug. Did the, did the Columbus police, are they involved? I mean, just how deep can this storm go? I'm trying to watch my mouth this time. I know this is a family show. I would rather kick urban's butt one time. You know, I know you guys want that too. I I'm just, what disgusts me the most, are the people that are like backing him and supporting him? It's all technicalities that may get him, you know, um, out of trouble. But it's still the 
you know, the morals of it, I guess. It's, it's disgusting. There, there's a woman being beaten, and it, and that's being pushed to the, to the side, over the winning of a uh, football program. And we just saw this two years ago with Domtonio and Izzo. I mean, it's it's disgusting. Another black eye for the Big Ten, and it, it's getting to the point that I can't bash the SEC here in Kentucky and in the Nashville area anymore because all they got to say is uh, Sandusky, D'Antonio, and Urban, and I have to shut up, which that sucks. I hate being shut up. I like to be opinionated and run my mouth. <laughs> hey, uh, just one last and She's bound by law to report domestic violence. So I guess the question here is, did the, and some of this is at me asking questions and not being opinionated, but did they, did she report it? And as in the case of like, like um, the other Ohio State players who have been pulled over by the cops and let go because of who they are and kept out of jail and slept under the rug, did the did the Columbus police are they involved? I mean, just how deep can this storm go? I'm trying to watch my mouth this time. I know this is a family show. Oh shoot! I, I would rather. Have, oops, sorry. I must have somehow had it start over. Like man, I like, yeah. I was just like, he just said that. Before I go, here we go. I wonder. Yeah, I'm probably bad for thinking this, but I wonder how this situation will affect the recruiting of Zach Harrison because one, he didn't really care for the process too much. I've also seen the Ohio State faithful bashing him on social media, so I wonder if he's leaning toward uh, go blue. Okay, there you go. Sorry, sorry about that mix-up. I I was scrolling to uh try to keep it there and then it started repeating some of what you said and i was like wait a minute you just said that okay uh thanks jim for that voicemail sorry yeah. sorry about the little technical difficulty uh with that there but uh yeah we're going to be discussing some of this stuff um at length here um i think what we'll probably go ahead and do is listen to the second one as well mm-hmm. And then we'll just go into the conversation because I feel like then we'll cover everything instead of kind of maybe repeating ourselves. So let's go ahead and pull up the second voicemail to listen to. And hopefully we don't repeat ourselves this time. What's going on, fellas? Uh, it's Steven. Y'all know. Y'all know. Let's go ahead and get right into it. I only got three minutes and 30 seconds. <clears throat> Today was the day of the... Uh, uh, much anticipated don't fire our coach rally led by with the Tennessee Mike or something like that or Tennessee Dan I don't know man I mean uh, uh, I'm sure he could have found a better use of gas money than to go up there for all 51 of those fans but it's here and not there you know it, it's it's going to be quick um, it, it, it's just embarrassing it's embarrassing. Um, it just couldn't be Michigan. I, I'd be done with with them until they got rid of Coach Harbaugh. There's no stuttering. There's no long-windedness. I'd just be done with them if it was Coach Harbaugh. I just don't understand why every day on, on social media, Ohio State fans are finding someone different to blame when all they have to do is look in their administration. You know, they talk about Zach Smith or whatever. Being fired. Why was he fired? If he didn't do anything, why was he fired? 
Like they can't answer simple questions. Um, Urban Meyer knew. He knew. He knew. Um, I, I, you know, it, I, I'm almost done talking about this. It's to the point where it's not worth it anymore. But these Ohio State fans, I, you know, I kind of I, I get it in the sense that they're loyal and they, they love their coach, and I understand. But loyalty can't trump common sense. It cannot. It can't supersede that, and, and that's what it's looking like. It's superseded common sense. Like, people are really questioning this lady and her motives. I've seen some people say, well, she's an alcoholic and she needs money. Like, imagine if that was your your cousin, your aunt, and your mom, and your sister, and your daughter. Like, imagine that. I don't I don't get it. I don't. I have a daughter myself, so I understand. You know, I'm not I'm not perfect at all. I have uh, you know. This, this is nuts, man. Like, and then I I, I don't know what's going to happen. I kind of hope they do keep him just so Michigan can bust him up. Do I think he's going to survive? I still think he's getting fired. Or he'll, he'll resign. I think I think they're going to buy him out. That's what I think this 14 days is for. By the time you all record this, it'll be like 11 or 10 days. Um, or listen, um, put this out. I'm sorry. But it's just embarrassing. If you're an Ohio State fan, you have to be embarrassed based on the happenings of today and, and on Twitter, like going out to Brett McMurphy and all that. Like, it's just it's nuts, man. But you know, another day, another scandal-free um, situation for Michigan. But that chicken, though. <laughs> so that ended right there. So he probably ran out of time. Was able to give a closing thought. Thank you, um, Stephen, for that voicemail. So, um, okay, Craig, do you want to start, or do you want me to go, or what's? Yeah, go ahead, and I'll just piggyback off you. I'm... Uh, yeah, well, bo- uh, both good comments uh, from Jim and Stephen. Uh, it is kind of a. Big crazy thing. Uh, I do want to say, I I should have had this pulled up before, but I did come across something interesting, and I don't know if you guys have been um, keeping up with what Brett Brett McMurphy has been reporting, but he had a very interesting thing that he pointed out um, that... um, and nobody else that I didn't really see anybody else say this about. Um, nope, not that one. Uh, so basically, what he pointed out that was very interesting to me was that um, Urban Meyer tweeted out his his little uh, thing statement or whatever. Mm-hmm. He yeah. he personally did that from a personal account. Right. There was there was no official statement from the university. It wasn't like Urban Meyer through the university presents this. It's Urban Meyer. So yeah. essentially the way that this is appearing is that Urban Meyer is taking a stand for better or worse terminology against Ohio State. Like saying, hey, this is where I'm standing and you need to, like, whatever you plan to do, if you do plan to get rid of me, you have to essentially prove I'm wrong. <laughs> uh, it is how it's kind of coming across. Now, he's not calling out the university, but he's essentially standing alone because he did it on his personal account. He did, yeah. It wasn't an Ohio State statement. It was a Urban Meyer statement. Right. Um, right. So that's kind of the interesting thing where – to me personally, I think that he is 
putting them in a corner and saying, okay, either you're going to have to let me go and pay me my money mm-hmm. um, because you can't prove otherwise, or you're going to have to put me back on on staff with the team. Right. That's kind of where I feel like this whole situation has come from. And for and to catch people up in case you didn't see it, which I can't imagine anybody listening hasn't seen this or heard this. Um, you know, the whole thing went down Wednesday. He went on paid, administ- uh, paid administrative leave. And then Friday was like a uh, what I would kind of term. I mean, we're not we're not reporters. We're just we're just here having a conversation and everything. So we don't have to worry necessarily how we frame it, but it's essentially save urban Myers, butt day as some people are kind of saying it very much a PR move, right? Yeah. Where he, he released something at like, it was four around four thirty or something like that. And then an hour, hour and a half, two hours or something later, Zach Smith gets on and he has an interview and everything uh, supports urban Meyer Mm -hmm. uh, from those two statements. Uh, where Urban Myers acknowledged that he did not tell the truth at Big Ten Media Days. I don't think he specifically used the word lied, but he did not, you know, was not forthright with all the correct information or whatever, even though he was trying not to be misleading, but he was. Uh, and then Zach Smith comes in and backs him up, which, of course, uh, conveniently, where if Urban Smith did anything at any point in time, whether anyone pro- uh, wants to say it's proven or not, where he helped Zach Smith and covered for him or, you know, just anything like that, of course, why would Zach Smith not come in to back up Urban Meyer right. if Urban Meyer took care of him for roughly about a decade? So... um but another interesting thing to point out that I'm not sure if people saw because I think it came out today is that someone reported that there are some interesting uh, verbiage in right. Ohio State's uh, HR handbook where it's uh, talking about such sexual misconduct and it says, quote, an individual need not be charged with or convicted of a criminal offense to be found responsible for domestic violence pursuant to this policy. Mm. Yeah. So that that right there is going to be something that throws a curveball into everything. Big wrench to it, right. Yeah, because everybody's been like, oh, well, these were allegations, there were no arrests, and then Brett McMurphy right. puts out things where there were arrests. Uh, and then that's another thing that people are attacking where they're saying that Breck McMurphy's reports are changing. Uh, and for those of you who are not aware, um, there was the rest in two, they had the rest in 2009, which was a, a thing in Florida. But then with the incident that happened in 2015, some of the documentation originally from 2015 has the check mark box that says that there was an actual arrest. And then there was other documentation that was found at a later time that does not have that checked. So that is, you know, questionable on as uh, uh, Jim was pointing out, you know, what what's the situation with the police department? Right. You know? Yeah. So that that's that's a questionable thing there. Just a lot of questions. And so before I go too far, because there's plenty more to say, 
Uh, Craig, thoughts on the voicemails and kind of thoughts on the other things that people have put in with the HR documentation and then the, uh, oh, yeah, the fact where it's kind of like Urban Meyer is essentially putting a a little bit putting himself on an island, uh, forcing Ohio State to do something. Yeah, you're right. And, you know, you know, I was listening to Stephen and listening to what he was had to say, and he uh, he kind of pretty much laid it out pretty well. Is you know what you got here is you got uh, a PR move by Urban Meyer, and you got uh, Zach Smith all happening. In fact, I think Zach Smith, you know, by the time he did that interview, Jim uh, Urban Meyer was sending out that statement. So about an hour between the two, um, well. Actually, probably about the same time because I don't believe they did that live, that interview. So there's some time between there before that. So probably right at the same time. So, yeah, a very sneaky move that's happening here. And, and yeah, I mean, when I read that, I read that quite a few times. I read it over and over again. And it just looks like uh, Urban Meyer doing from his personal Twitter to a statement, but it's it's all full, you know it's lawyered up, <laughs> lawyer. It's got lawyer terms, and it's pretty interesting if you read it. He's saving his butt. He's saving exactly right. You're exactly right. He's got him. He's painting. Not only is he painting himself on island, but he's painting the whole OSU administration and from top to bottom into a corner, and that's what he's done. He's saved his butt by saying, "Hey." I'm the one who reported this in 2015. I followed a proper protocol on what I'm supposed to do. You guys did nothing with it. Um, and, yeah, I wasn't forthright. And I was pretty much yeah, pretty much lying to the media. I should have said different words. And he knows if you lie to the media, it doesn't fall under Title IX. So he's saved his butt then. But it does fall under Title IX if he does lie to his administration and uh, the higher-ups and the athletic director, the president, and everything else. So he knows that does just by signing that contract he he just did. So he saved his butt quite a few times in this, and that's what he's done, and that's what he's going to uphold to. What I want to know is this is what's really going to be really interesting. you got two things at play here. You got the twelve is it twelve or fourteen days, I think they said. Twelve days, I think it was. Oh, 14, 14 days for the whole days. yeah. Days. Well, what's interesting here is there's two things that uh we you're gonna have to look at. Either uh you need the fourteen days to go through all of it. Like, is there more information that we don't know about? Um, that uh, Brett McMurphy knows that there's a lot of tweets there, uh, thousands of tweets between coworkers and and people on staff that you got to go over. You got to go over, you know, the Smiths, the Zach and Courtney. You got to go over the uh, Urban uh, Myers wife. You got so many people. You got to go over all that stuff uh, to figure out what's going on. And the reason I said that is, if you think about it, if you Go by face value about what's happening right now. If you take all the information right now that you just laid out, that Stephen just laid out, that Jim P. just laid out, that we all laid out, you think it takes 14 days to go over that? No. There's no way. You you and I can figure – they can figure this out within a day, and it's easy. There's got to be either more information or the other thing is draw it out. Or they're so, preparing to get him out and replace him. 
Right. Well, that's what I mean is or they're, you know, they're they're gathering more information or they're trying to look like a face value that they did. Um, I guess showing everybody like, oh, we did a thorough research into everything and we we are reinstating Urban Meyer or like you said, or they're getting ready to find somebody else, like you said. So, yeah, obviously three options in that. But um, it's really tough to tell what's going on and what's happening with this because of those three options that's going to happen. Um, I can't tell which one it is, <laughs> to tell you the truth. I don't know if they're just stalling. So people kind of think, oh, they're doing their job. And then when the 14 days is up, they go, well, we went through it. Everything's fine. Urban Meyer's reinstated, so he's back. And so everybody's like, you know, Ohio State going to see that. We told you they did their research. You know, they did. They, uh, they investigated everything. He's okay. Or we have a lot of information we got to go over and we don't know yet. Or, like you said, they're waiting and trying to find the right person to replace him. <laughs> so, um, but right now, Urban Myers, like when I read that, I said, man, it, this is what I thought. I thought he literally threw the AD, Gene Smith, and a lot of people under the bus with that one saying, hey, I followed proper por- protocol for three, but three years after that, you people didn't do anything about it. I just wiped my hands. That part right here, this is the most disturbing part of this whole entire thing. I don't care about Ohio State people. You need to come at me all you want. I don't care. And Michigan people need to understand this is why in the world you have Urban Meyer, one of the highest pay, paid employees in the state of Ohio. He is. He's the highest paid employee. And yet he has no pull for three years. On getting this guy out of here. <laughs> I don't know about you, but if I had a, a two, 2015 a case on me of uh, uh, a, a guy on my staff abusing his wife and I didn't get rid of him for three years, I couldn't because I followed pro- proper protocol, I would have went to the AD again and said, get this guy out of here. I'm Urban Meyer. <laughs> oh, no. Well, it's worse than that because, first of all, this isn't wasn't his first offense uh, that he knew about, of right. course. So this is this is a repeat issue. That's oh, yeah. a concern. Whether or not it's proven that he did it or not, obviously, if you have repeat issues, especially between 2009 and 2015. Yeah. Now, if it's like 2009, an issue, 2010, an issue, 2011, an issue, but it's never proven or something, it could be somebody going. Right. And, and of course, you could say it could be in any way where somebody's just attack, like personally attacking, uh, attacking him, try to bring it down. But if it goes between 2009 and 2015, where somebody takes that, like takes that big of a gap on being like, I mean, I try to bring you down in 2009. And then in 2000, like six years later, I, let's just do it again. I don't know. Right. That just seems crazy to me, but, but he but had the opportunity because right. there were, he not only got, um, one, but two extensions to his contract after 2015 with right. raises. With raises, right. Yeah, so he so he did not have to be kept on right. staff. So the argument that people are using that a coach can't fire his assistant coaches, which seems to be the dumbest story I've ever heard. <laughs> it is. Urban can do whatever he wants at Ohio State. Yeah. You know. Urban lied. <laughs> right. and, and he can get away with that at Ohio State from right. what all the Ohio sure. State fans are saying. Right. And right. so he couldn't fire an assistant coach. Well, you know what you can do? You cannot give them an extension and, you know, let their contract end. Right. That's or, really easy to do. 
Yeah. Or you got Ohio State fans saying this. He followed the proper reporting, okay? Urban did that. Like you said, I followed protocol. Or it got lost and no one reported it after I did. So you're saying, I gave it to the police, I gave it to the proper authorities, and they wiped their hands of it. And there's nothing after that. Yeah. (laughs) And so... And you're and we're led to believe that this happened before, and yet for three years you write contract extensions, raises, things like that, and yet nothing. I, it's really, really tough to believe that. And then it, all of a sudden, all of a sudden he was fired, right? But not because of what, not because of the domestic abuse stuff, right? Right. That, that's what yeah. they came out and said that he was fired, and it had nothing to do with the information right. going public. Right. So then there's that question of, okay, why was he fired then? Right. If he, if he couldn't be fired, then all of a sudden he's fired. Like, where, how, do, how does somebody stand on that where they're saying that Urban Meyer couldn't have fired him back in 2015, but then all of a sudden he just got fired a month ago or something? Right. And there's no, there's no reason. Like, we have no reason. There's no backing it up. There's no information given why he was fired then. So why couldn't that have been done back in 2015? Right, right, yeah. exactly. You should Nothing. have done it right. Yeah. Right. Yep. Now, here, no. here's some real quick that I'll say with the fan, with the Ohio State fans. First of all, one, you talked about the 14 day thing, and how it shouldn't take that long. Here's what's going to happen: if Urban Meyer does not stay with the team, the Ohio State fans are going to say 14 days wasn't long enough. Right. If of course. if if Urban Meyer stays with the team, then they're going to be fine with 14 days. And actually, I've heard things, too, where uh, there was an article that was posted today about talking with former Ohio State players and coaches, and some of them are saying, this is dragging out too long and it needs to be finished. And it's like, really? This is like barely a week? Right, right. And it's going to take two more weeks for a thorough investigation, and you think that's too long? No, you're you're more concerned about football season than you are about this investigation. Well, then, you know, that's a quick investigation. They're only going by the information they have right now. Yeah. You know, and you don't know Brett Murphy and all these other people that are on this uh, about this that has more information. He's even said he has more if he needs to use it. He has more. And so that's why I'm like going, maybe that's what they're doing is, is they want a quick decision. I'm going probably because this is all they got. If you look at it face value right now. But we don't even know half the stuff they have. I mean, it's really interesting how this is all playing out because the very fact um, is you can't – if you keep going back to the 2015, he didn't fire him. And I'm guessing it's because, you know, he – the Zach Smith has ties. You know, he's what – one of his family members is a big – one of uh, Jim – Urban Meyer's uh, mentors. So – um, and I'm wondering if that's the reason he kept him on staff, and that's the reason why this is all a mess now. So, yeah. Now, but. um, I'll jump in here real quick and say what, one thing that I do want to say with the Ohio State fan base. So much to say. So much of. I mean, like the situation itself is a mess, but then the fan base is well. another entire different beast. But I will come out and say I do not have a problem with Ohio State fans. I really don't. The problem I have is with the Urban Meyer fans. 
Right. Because you can still be an Ohio State fan. You can still be a Buckeye fan. But now not to say like, oh, you're wanting to see how this pans out and everything for Urban Meyer. But I'm talking about like the Urban Meyer fans, like the one that we saw today on social media talking about. Yeah. Talking about with the rally and different things like that. So um, thing I didn't notice there's no students there. (laughs) So, yeah, it didn't look like it. Yeah. So, but yeah, you know, right. They had a, they had a rally there, but it's, it's almost kind of shed themselves in a really bad light because there is no, not even a rally towards even domestic abuse or assaults and things like that. Things that really go beyond football. Uh, like you said, um, this should be something that all fans of football in college should rally around, you know, going, this got to stop. You know, we just, Saw Michigan State. We had a Penn State thing. We had uh, Baylor, and then we had Michigan State, and now we have Ohio State, and this is seems to be continuing. And this has got something that's got to stop. And I thought that's, I really thought this is something that everybody can get together on. And I guess not, man. Yeah. No. Well, it was kind of nice to see that the crowd wasn't very big, no. and so that uh, I guess like kind of kudos to that, considering the small size of the quote-unquote crowd that was there uh still not a good presence on social media but as we always say even with the michigan fan base there are going to be people who do not accurately represent the fan base um but they kind of stick out more and yell the loudest and they have the worst opinions let me ask you this question do you have a feeling um obviously you you don't you're not going to know but uh do you have a feeling what the outcome is going to be like with this I really don't know. It's really weird and very very confusing because, uh, actually, I'm going to go into it here kind of real quick because okay. something – Urban Meyer is pulling an interesting move, in my opinion, from what I'm looking at. Because, like we said, Friday was uh, Urban Meyer PR day. Like, sh- do everything we can to shift – blame off of urban Meyer conveniently he comes out and he says okay I knew about 2015 but I was uh not expecting that question on the media days and which so, from that title nine yeah which that's why he reacted and said that there was right. nothing about it but so okay so here here's the order of events that I'm just kind of like how in like all honestly can somebody just blindly follow and agree with this? Because he was at Big Ten Media Days. Somebody questioned him about it. And apparently, I was trying to look for it, and I couldn't find the exact thing, but they were talking about an arrest in 2015 with Zach Smith. And he (laughs) said he knew nothing about it. The first he heard about it was something about last night, like the night before. text, right. And he said, I don't know who makes up stuff like that. Yeah. Then he was asked a total, if I I believe the number was accurate, because I think it came from Brett McMurphy, nine different times at Big Ten Media Day, this it got brought up. Mm -hmm. So he had nine different times to come back and tell the truth or explain what he was saying and different things like that. So now what people are saying is, well, there it was a problem with the report because they were claiming that Zach Smith was arrested when he was actually just um, there were charges that were dropped that were brought up, but they were dropped. So that's why he didn't know anything. And that's why he said, why are people creating this? No, 
That no. that's like that's completely wrong because if if that was the case, then why would you say somebody's making something up with that? Because that that you're taking is that part of the story is true. There was an allegation, there were charges, and so there's a mix up on the idea of allegation and charges compared to arrests. If you're saying somebody's making something up, that's saying that they're making something up. Like the whole entirety is made up. Right. So he didn't he didn't go as far as to avoid it. He went far enough to try to discredit it and right. try to uh attack the person that was reporting it and attack the report itself. He didn't he didn't side skirt it, he didn't try to get away with it, he could have said no comment or he doesn't want to talk about he didn't even clarify it. For, yeah, there was there was nothing. There was nothing good with that. Like he was trying to discredit it from the very beginning. He had nine opportunities to clarify on what he was saying, and he came back again and again to straight up deny he had any knowledge in 2015. So he right. didn't lie just once. He lied multiple right. times. Right. And which is interesting is let's say you followed like you I mean, who does this? I mean, you're talking about actually Urban Meyer is actually really, really good, pretty good with the press. And let's say you're you're a head coach of Ohio State and somebody asks you that question. Wouldn't your first reaction if you did do what you said you did would go, I followed protocol when it came to that. You're going to have to talk to the, the the authorities on that besides me. But I uh, exactly. I, Exactly. He, he said, and that and that's the best thing you could say. Right. And he didn't. And I go, why wouldn't you say that? It's just like the first thing you would come out of your mouth going, Hey, I followed everything I was supposed to. Even then, if, <laughs> yeah. Even if he had come out and he said, anytime, any situation like that has come up, I have followed protocol because right. he could still say that he didn't know about the situation, that situation, like that still could allude to, I did not know at that time uh, at that time about the situation, but whenever I've known about anything, I've handled it the way that has supposed to been the proper protocol. Right. Like if he just straight up said, anytime there's been an issue like that, I've followed proper protocol, which right. you should easily be able to answer if you actually followed proper protocol every single time. Right. And like you said, is they keep asking them this, right? Right. Why wouldn't you have something ready to go to say to them? Because if you know it's going to happen multiple times, you're like, well, it happened once. It happened twice. It happened three times. I better have something ready. <laughs> and you say, oh, it's fake news or fake reporting. Yeah. To me, it doesn't jive. Sorry. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. No, entirely. And so, okay. So he says that. Um, uh, Big Ten Media Days. Shoot. I'm trying to uh, remember the series here and everything. Okay. So then the then the information comes out. What was it? Was it a week later? It was at least a week later, something more than that, whatever, um, that McMurphy, uh, McMurphy's report came out. And uh, it shows contrary that he may have lied. There was no exact proof that he did lie. But he, if he came out and said that he didn't lie, then he'd be thrown, like we said, he was going to throw his wife under the bus. Uh, Urban right. Meyer. So Urban Meyer goes on paid administrative leave. Boom, right there. Why was he put on paid administrative leave if he, pro- if he did proper protocol? Right. Why? Right. Like if if he comes out Friday a couple days later and says, "Oh, by the way, I remember I did proper protocol." I mean, it, it shouldn't be unless, unless it's a regular thing, and you have a hard time remembering exactly what time when there were was a discussion on domestic violence with uh, one of your employees. Unless it happens a lot, 
it should be pretty easy to remember those instances. <laughs> right, right. Because they should hopefully be few and far between. So how come it took days for you to realize this? And also, if it was proper protocol, which the university should have record of, why do you put somebody on paid administrative leave? And you're only putting yourself in a worse situation because you then have to, if you find out that everything's okay, you have to take action and take that person off of paid administrative leave. Essentially, right now, you're saying something's wrong we need to put you on administrative leave. Right. But he, Urban Meyer saying nothing's wrong. I did what I was supposed to do. So and why why, why is the university he, on one page and why is Urban Meyer on a different page? And why is he on administrative <clears throat> leave? He didn't do anything. Exactly. So that so that happened. So that that's a whole question within itself on like why why is that going on? Then it takes him several days to form a statement. And here's the real interesting part with the statement and everything, which I don't see where. I've seen a couple other people say this. Uh, I had this initial thought written down to share tonight, um, and I saw some other people discuss it on Twitter. So other people are having this, uh, realizing this concept. People need to realize that Urban Meyer, okay, first of all, Urban Meyer's statement and letter was to Ohio State fans. Oh, yeah. Like, he, he was not addressing Ohio State. He was not addressing nope. college football people everywhere. He was not addressing nope. the media. He was right. addressing Ohio State fans. That's it. Yep. That's all he care uh, was trying to target right there. Because if he has enough support, it's it appears that he believes that he's going to be able to beat this. If he has enough support, a part of the thing is if he has enough support. So, but what people need to realize is they're, as you said, as we've discussed, he came out and. Um, Everybody was just like, oh, well, he didn't know. There's no proof. He didn't know because uh, uh, he's telling the truth. Well, then he comes out and he says he lied. Then people are <laughs> like, oh, well, it's okay he lied because he was supposed to do what he was supposed to do. So people right. are constantly changing. Fans are constantly changing their narrative to support what they want. Anyways, but yep. what they are blindly following is the fact that Urban Meyer lied to them. As much as anybody wants to say Urban Meyer just lied to the media, it's okay. I'm a fan. It's okay. He just lied to media. No, you need to understand. Media is the middle person. As as long as like somebody's like, yeah, sure, they might. Some might have an agenda sometimes when they're trying to do. Like for instance, the Michigan State guy who asked the question of Jim Harbaugh. Obvious right. agenda. Obvious agenda. He's trying. He's trying to get Jim Harbaugh to say something. He's trying to pull something out of him. Um, so you, fine, you can say that there might be an agenda and everything, but the media are the middle person. What is, why, why do they even have the big 10 media days? The big 10 media days are not for the media really. I mean, it's for content to give to the fans. Like if it was just for the media, the media would take it and then they wouldn't report it. Well, yeah, it's to the, their, his, his massive, he knows massive fan base. He knows it. Yeah, so, so that is the purpose right. of media days. That is the purpose of uh, right. of uh, sports media is that they are the middle people. They are the messengers. They will take what they say. They will write it down. They will vi- uh, live video feed it, whatever, and they will get it to the fans who are the consumers. So Urban Meyer took that, and he – like you know when you're at those media days that that's going to go out to the public, that's going to go out to your fans. He lied to the fans. Right. He was just like, hey, the media is bringing this up, and they're raising this question. I have the opportunity to tell the truth here, but no, I'm going to say this. So Urban Meyer didn't lie to the media. 
Urban Meyer lied to the fan base, admits to the fan base that he lied, doesn't exactly come out and say it in, in direct words or whatever, but they're okay with it because he talks about how much a family guy he is, how big of a Buckeye uh, that he is and everything, and he's trying to win over the fans yeah. because if he has enough support from the fans, then uh, well, you know, he's, he's essentially the king of Ohio State. That's why you have that rally. I mean, yeah. If you didn't have that statement, you wouldn't have a rally. Yeah, you would. You wouldn't have these people on. You know, collecting three three hundred. It was about thirty k signatures right now to bring them back. Yeah, and so exactly, it's it's like a PR move for Urban Mike, and that's where his thing. And this is why it it looks like he's just looking out for number one. He's looking out for himself because he's either looking for where they cannot terminate him without paying him his money, or they will be forced to put him forced to, or able to, however you want to phrase it, to put him back and reinstate him as the coach of the team because he is essentially the king of Ohio state because he's brought them a national championship. The AD didn't bring them a national championship. The, uh, uh, the athletic administration did not bring them a national championship. Urban Meyer did. He is the face. The fans are there supporting him, as you see on social media, as you see with this rally. So he's just banking on it. He could care less what the rest of the Big Ten thinks. He could care less what the rest of college football thinks because if he gets to go back and coach on that team, that's all it is. Yeah, and he's right. You know, he might have protocol, but the AD and people above him, they're all expendable. Yeah, I mean, there's very few coaches right now. You got Saban, Dabo, Urban, Harbaugh. Uh, I think even Jimbo Fisher is one that they run the show. I don't care what anybody says. They run the show. They run it all. <laughs> and they're the top dog. They might be a head coach, but they're the top dog. So. Yeah. And that's so that's what it's pointing to. And And so, of course, you know, there's information out there. Some people are saying it's false information anyway, so they yeah. have to dig through it. They have to figure it out. That's what it is all pointing to me from what I'm saying just as far as, like, everything that's looking. I, I still, we talked about last week, don't understand how people blindly follow and support and are just like, hey, person who I've never met, but you won us a lot of football games. You are you could never lie to us. Oh wait, you admitted that you lied? No, that's okay. You lied to them. You never would lie to us. You've got to be telling the truth now because if you, you can only lie one time, you can't lie more than one time, right? Yeah. Like it just yeah. it just does not I cannot comprehend that. Because logic like even if you talk to a logical person <laughs> and so maybe we're not dealing with some logical people, but it's just like if you're in a relationship Say, oh, because how long has Urban Meyer been there? Like, what, six years now or something like that? Yeah. So, say, somebody's been in a relationship for six years. Like, a guy has been in a relationship with a girl, whatever, for six years, just to use that as an example. And then six years down the road, something comes up, and you hear something, and you're just like, that doesn't sound right. Like, I, 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 I that doesn't sound right. Something doesn't sound right with what you were just saying in a conversation with somebody that... I don't think that's right. And there's a little digging, and you find out that they lied. They had an opportunity after the situation to come to you and tell you the truth. There's a time gap. They could have come and told you the truth, but you discover that's a lie, and you present it to them, and they try to brush it off as if nothing happens. And then they finally come out and say, okay, yeah, it was a lie. <laughs> it seems like so many people, even if they have that close relationship and bonding and everything, a lot of people would walk away from that relationship. 
Oh, yeah. That you lied to me. You tried to get away with it. I confronted you. I gave you the opportunity to come clean. And then and then you finally come around to it. People people would not trust that person anymore. No. Even right. though you're in that relationship, you see them all the time. You you actually know them. People walk would walk away from that relationship. But here we are, where people who have actually never in their entire lives met Urban Meyer. Think think they know him. Think like, they know him and act completely different. Right. Even, even though this guy has a very ugly track record of yeah. very questionable things. You yeah, can he, go ahead and say that all these things aren't proven or whatever, but when yeah. you have a track record that long and you hire the coaches that are on your coaching list, the fact that even they say, uh, shoot, what is his name? Day is the interim coach. Yeah. Is, yeah. That you have to go to him to be your interim coach when you have two former head coaches on staff, but you can't yeah. no. put them as the interim. Yeah, you can't put them as the interim coaches because they have their own past issues. Well, there's a reason why Shiano, because of the very fact he has his own past issues. Yeah, Shiano, and the same thing with. Um, Heck, man, he couldn't get a gig in Tennessee, and the Tennessee fans booed him. Yeah. <laughs> so he couldn't even get a gig there within a, a day. So, yeah, what's that tell you? So it's it's just like all this stuff. It's just like one thing after another. And sure, okay, you can say all this stuff where uh, prove it, prove it, prove it. But it's just like how long after the fact when there are all these things that all these cases come up in all these situations, are you just kind of sick and tired of using the words prove it? Yeah, I mean, you're talking about – I mean, we're talking about a fan base that's saying – you know, you take like Art Bryles from Baylor, who took Baylor from what, nothing to one of the, a pretty dang good team when he was there, right? In his tenure there. And they got rid of him. So, but Ohio State, they act like Urban Meyer built Ohio State. They He, he didn't. They're still going to be good, even if Urban Meyer's not there. So that's why I don't understand this whole uh, coach over everything else. The coach doesn't make the the t- you know the university, the love, the fandom. T- it, it doesn't make them, yeah. and that's what makes me f- makes me furious. Is if I, Jim Harbaugh went through this, I'd go, all right, get rid of Jim Harbaugh. Then we'll get somebody else. We have to get somebody else, and it's, we need to move on. You know, and I'd go, this is ridiculous. To even for us to even be arguing about this, let's move on. We need to get somebody else. There would be no. If Santa butts about that, if Jim Harbaugh was actually lying and doing all this stuff, I'd say, this is a headache. Let's move on. Let's get rid of them. Let's find somebody else. Oh, yeah. Because well, Michigan's way too much important to me in, in, in my life and since I was a kid. It's bigger than Harbaugh. It just is. So, Yeah, well, if I got lied to, if, I, if the coach came yeah. out, if Jim Harbaugh came out and said, oh, hey, I lied, I'd be pissed. Oh, Totally. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So I I don't know. And so, okay. So here to kind of be the end and the close to all of this to talk about the ridiculousness, because guess what? This does tie back to Michigan football because people are trying to make it happen. And I'm sure that you've seen this, but so, so here's the interesting thing. All right. So here we go. Conspiracy. Oh, shoot. I don't, I don't have an X-File sound for whatever. Anyways, uh, here's your here's your weekly conspiracy or monthly or whatever you want to talk about. So apparently, the conversation is now that um, the Michigan fan base is supporting this, trying to 
you know, push this through in any way possible that they can support it because they want to get rid of Urban Meyer so they can start winning again. That's apparently the agenda. And the story is that Warner, who has former ties with Ohio State and things like that, uh, was the one who leaked the information uh, who started that started this whole thing. Um, people are actually putting it out there that that happened, that he shopped around the story and nobody was taking him up on it right. until finally Brett McMurphy did. And the only reason Brett McMurphy took him up on it because he is an unemployed writer who got uh, who was yeah. looking for some huge story to break to be- become relevant again. Right. We've had issues with him before, too. But yeah. So but but here's here's the very so I just said those things. So here's the very interesting stuff. OK, first of all, you're claiming that Michigan is out here to destroy Urban Meyer, that it's starting with Warner, that he's the one who started this whole thing. So if he is shopping this around, like actually trying to sell it to like the highest bidder and supposedly Michigan is the one trying to bring down Ohio State, if that were true. Why would he have to shop it around? Because right. if Michigan's looking to bring down Ohio State, you know how many people, even not, I'm not even necessarily saying in the state of Michigan, but you know how many alumni or fans there are nationwide that would be like, oh my, if they're saying it's true that Michigan's only goal is to get rid of Urban Meyer, there are a <laughs> lot of people with a lot of money around at a lot of different places. And apparently if they had the goal of bringing him down, they would have eaten that up right away. Right. So right. why would he have to shop it around? Second of all, if he was shopping around, why don't those other people that come out that turn down the story come out and say something about it? Right. Like, I, I can discredit this because Ed Warner came to me with this story, and I did not trust him. What, where, where, where's ever, So is it just that nobody wants to come to Urban Meyer's uh, rescue and say, hey, Ed Warner came to me with this story, and I turned him down? And so then he was going around to other places, and finally Brett McMurphy took him up on it. Yeah. And where, so, where are those? Where are those people? Why do those people not control? Because that would be an even bigger story. That yeah. would be an even bigger story than Lots this Urban Twitter. Meyer thing. Is if Michigan had their own agenda, supposedly as these Ohio State fans are saying, it would be a bigger story that Michigan, a Michigan coach, ex Ohio State coach, is starting this story. And they fed this, and Brett McMurphy took it. It would be the biggest. It would it would diminish this. You got the X Files song. I got. I I should try to find that. But no, like that would be so much bigger. That would be the biggest thing to break right now. Yeah, Urban, Urban Meyer would be exonerated. Like there would be no nobody would care about Urban Meyer anymore. Everybody would jump on Michigan. It, it doesn't take a rocket science. Yeah, scientists to recognize how big of a deal and a big of a story that would be. Right. Yeah. And no, that's just, it's funny how they talk about reaching. They're so reaching that they're trying to find so much into, you know, it's conspiracies. Now you're starting to see so many other avenues and legs to this, that they they're trying to come up with. The only reason they can think of instead of the, maybe the logical one is urban, uh, Pretty much covered up a guy that he liked, and his he happens just to be um, a relative of one of his biggest mentors of all time, and Urban Meyer, and that's why he did it. And that's pretty simple. That's probably what happened. He probably let it go too long, and it's probably going to cost him his job. Pretty simple. 
That's where I'm seeing it. <laughs> and if anybody wants to go down these damn rabbit holes towards Warner, go ahead. That's fine. And the funny thing is, is let's say Warner did alert it to, well, hell, thank God. I mean, thank God somebody alerted to, you know, somebody abusing their wives on someone's staff. Heaven forbid somebody does the right thing finally. So. Yeah. And, and then even if he did, if Urban Meyer had come out and told the truth in the beginning, as right. <clears throat> sorry, as me saying truth, quote unquote truth, and just at the very beginning told the quote unquote truth that he's saying. And at the very beginning at the media, he had said, anytime that that has come up, any kind of a situation like that, I follow proper protocol. Boom, done. End of story. Wash hands, walk away. That's it. Yep. But no, there's this whole circus going on now because of oh, it. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, so that nonsense. Okay, so so to in wrapping this up, I'll share my thoughts here, and then, Craig, if you want to share yours. I don't see how, unless there is a complete scapegoat, which obviously, like we were saying, it looks like uh, Smith and Urban Meyer are trying to pin it on um, the – Gene Smith, the uh, athletic director. I don't see that there's any way that this cannot come out that Urban Meyer had some kind of an issue. Because, I mean, like, he he's, he said that, I mean, like, he came out and he said that he lied with the Big Ten media and everything. Right. So if there's no documentation <clears throat> from a Title IX report or whatever, I just don't see how something doesn't come on him unless they completely make a scapegoat out of Gene Smith or someone. Right. Like someone has to be completely thrown under the bus for this not to somehow stick to Urban Meyer. And it it looks to me, like I've said, that Urban Meyer is taking his own stance. Like he's not standing with the university. He's taking his own stance as I'm Urban Meyer. I'm bigger than this. Yeah. You guys have to figure out how you're going to deal with this because I'm going to try to win this somehow. Like that's how it's coming across to me. So you're looking towards him being reinstated. Yeah. Yeah, so basically I feel like the investigation if however it is or whatever, basically they're looking at okay, do we have what what do we actually have? Is there proof that Urban Meyer did what he was supposed to do because boom if there is great done reinstate him, which right. is crazy that they put a time limit on it. But then uh okay, if we don't have what's needed, then um do we have grounds to um, do we either, one, have grounds enough to fire him without having to pay him all his money, or do we have, two, insufficient evidence where we can't prove how much he knew or what he did, and therefore we can reinstate him? So essentially there are, th- there are those three different ways. Like they can straight up be like, you di- uh, we, we have proof that you uh, – wait, what was the first one? Uh, now I'm getting all confused and everything where it's just like, uh, oh yeah, they, if the first one is if there's proof that he had nothing to do with it, and then they can reinstate him. Second one is if they uh, have uh, enough proof that he knew something about it, and then they can release him without having to pay pay him anything. Or there's enough there are enough loopholes and everything that they can reinstate him, not have a ton of questions blow up in their face, and say we can't prove anything. Essentially, we have to take him at his word. He's reinstated, blah, blah, blah. Right. So those are those are really the three s- scenarios that I see. Honestly, I don't know. Um, 
what I would necessarily say is going to be the case. Two of those are him, uh, him, two of the three options are him staying on and coaching. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And I'm, I'm maybe a little bit different than you. I'm leaning a little bit towards anytime you see, um, you know, any kind of leave like this usually doesn't end up well, but, um, and the PR and everything and what everything that's happening. Um, it's a big stain for Ohio state. Um, to me, I'm a little bit leaning towards a buyout. Um, cause I think that leaves uh, urban able to coach somewhere else if he needs to. So, on uh, that way, um, but, um, even if he stays on, it seems like there's a big headache with him. Um, what's happening. So I'm a little bit leaning towards that, but you know, I could be wrong, but yeah, like you said, there might be more information. That's what I'm leaning on is there's more information. They just don't have everything. And we only got a little snippet of it. Um, and if we see that, then that, that might lean itself towards, look, you know, we can't keep this guy as much as we'd love to. We can't. And so that's where I'm kind of leaning towards. But for anybody to actually take a guess, it's really hard to do. So, yeah, I mean, there are certain people are already saying coming out, there's no way they won't survive this. There's no way that they're getting rid of him. I don't know. It's it's honestly a mess because, yeah, <clears throat> I, I don't know. Crazy. Yep. So I, I was shocked, honestly, by the statement that he released Friday on um cuz we were talking about uh what necessarily could potentially happen and that was not really one of the scenarios that we thought of that essentially he was going to throw the university under the bus or more specifically yep. like Gene Smith so i guess i don't know we'll we'll see yep so but okay but the thing that comes up and i'll say this real quick and then we'll be done um is there's also the question of why is this his responsibility? It's his responsibility because he works at a public university and it is in his contract that if he knows of information like this, that he has to follow proper protocol and report it. I don't know how that can be that difficult for people to understand, but there's supposed to be proper protocol in reporting things like this. It's not his job to fix it. Now it can be, uh, you know, one. I don't know if you want to call it personal opinion or whatever. On it, it can be his decision to keep somebody on staff then. But if you know of something and you don't report it, that's that's where a bunch of this information, this issue is coming from. Right. That's where it all started. No, I didn't know anything. Oh, hey, here's information that your wife knew. So are you saying that your wife didn't do what she was supposed to do? And yeah, that whole. So that's I don't know. It's it's amazing how. Some people will have their own agenda and specifically not, I don't know if I would say not do proper research or completely ignore certain details of a report or a situation. So, yeah. Anyways, yeah. Yeah. It's crazy. Yep. Drama, drama, man. Drama, llama. Okay. All right. Well, I think we're going to go ahead and end there. Um, and it's August, man. It's exciting. We're getting there. They'll be here before you know it. So we'll finish things off. Thanks for listening. Thanks for hanging out, guys. Hope you have a good week. We'll finish things off with Go Blue. Go Blue.